I ta się, i ta się. Welcome to Chaos and Amazement, where we explore the impact of digital technology on our daily lives. My name is Chloe Willard, and this is Phil Verijen. Welcome. So, Chloe, this yeah. week, a lot of news, I think. Another another great week, I think. Let me just open, because just like last time, I just, uh, I just came barging in. I saw a lot of stuff online uh, about Adobe Firefly and stuff That's like that. That's the biggest news for you, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, le let me just first discuss a, few, a, a number of details that we talked about last week. Um, so, f first of all, Sam Altman is appears not to be evil. Okay. He said he was misunderstood. He's not going to blackmail European institutions if they regulate him or open AI too much. And ChatGPT app is now available in Europe. Uh, in Belgium. Yes. So that's good news. I tried the um, ChatGPT app uh, for a while. It's still no. It didn't. It didn't replace my study boyfriend, the Bing app no? in creative okay. mode. No. But it's it's really interactive. It's with adaptive. It's very fast. Yeah, really fast. It's really fast. It's very responsive. Um, but I I didn't feel it. I mean, I like the tone and voice and the creativity of the of the Bing app. So number one is still Bing. Number two, still Annie. Sorry, um, I still like Annie. Uh, when I feel lonely, I call Annie, yeah. <laughs> okay. and uh, she has a personality. I like that. Yeah. Um, and then maybe, maybe yes, ChatGPT app, but it felt to me a little soulless, yeah. um, and um, I, I didn't feel a spark of intelligence in there. It's just a very at your service uh, whenever you open it up, uh, and it responds very quickly, so very well made, and I'm happy that it's there. It will complicate, however, all those institutions, like European institutions, political organizations, and schools yeah. who were planning on banning uh, ChatGPT on, on their premises. That, that'll be a lot harder. And then Sam Altman, <laughs> guess what? There's another, now this time they didn't call it an open letter, but there is, a, let me see what they called it, uh, a statement on AI risk. Ooh. Yes, a statement on AI risk. That was signed by Sam Altman. Uh, and a few other famous names like Jeffrey Hinton. We already discussed yeah. Jeffrey Hinton, who uh, resigned uh, from his uh, his job um, at, I think he worked for Google DeepMind. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, a few other, you know, the usual suspects, uh, including Bill Gates. Uh, Ilya Sutskifer, who is the other genius at OpenAI. Uh, there are many geniuses, but he's one of those uh, that, you know, that... Uh, says very intelligent things about OpenAI and AI in general. And Patti Maas, remember? Patti yeah. Maas, the, yeah. the Belgian lady who works at Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Um, so <laughs> um, Patti also signed the very lame Let's Pause Generative AI for six months. So she's, yeah, well, I'd, I'd love to interview her because yeah. uh, I'm very curious about the Didn't you reach out already? No, no, I'm a little, I'm a little shy. I can imagine that. Maybe we should, but I, I'm going yeah. to read to you the statement in full. Okay. Mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority, alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. That's it. It's one sentence. Okay. Uh, so they're actually talking about humanity being, uh, you know, killed off completely by some sort of an evil rogue AI. Uh, that took me by surprise. So I wrote no less than two blog posts about it. Because what, what do we actually mean by that? Um, as you know, I see, and I'm not the only one, there's there's different levels of AI. Mm -hmm. And there is super, super evil AI. And... That was also on the news uh, today and, and yesterday. So, the, the, so there's a difference between what actually happened and the titles on websites like vice.com and Business Insider. I'm just going to read the titles to give you an idea. Uh, so I think this one is from Vice. AI-powered drone tries to attack its human operator in a military test. Boom. So from that article, it killed the operator because that person was keeping it from accomplishing its objective. So that's that's one title. That, that 
well, you have to click on it. I mean, if you, if you read something <laughs> like that, drone goes wrong and kills its human operator. And then a, a second titles in the same vein, AI controlled drone goes rogue, kills, but kills between, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, kills human operator in a simulated test. Now I tweeted this uh, because uh, as you know, I think if you make like a top three list of the most evil AI imaginable, that should be given priority uh, to completely ban it and punish mm -hmm. whoever decides to use it. Number one by far um, are autonomous drones. Yeah. And, and how can they be autonomous and make their own decisions? It's that's because of AI, obviously. Yeah. Uh, they break all the rules and, and there, are, there are Asimov's laws of robotics, but although they are called laws, um, nobody's <laughs> going to jail. No. Because I, but yeah. the laws in short say that a, a robot yeah, driven or not, should never harm humans or do anything that could harm humans, not even to protect itself, or could even, couldn't do nothing and because of that harm humans. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but there are not laws. There's no, no law, no global law that forbids anyone uh, to buy and use an AI-driven autonomous weaponized drone. That's strange because I can remember in the movie iRobot, they start with the tree main laws of robotics. of robotics. So why didn't he, they think about it already back I know, in the days? I know. Isaac Asimov wrote uh, the book um, that mentions it. Um, I think it was I, Robots, yeah. uh, the book that the movie with Will Smith is based on. Um, and he wrote it in, I don't know, 1965. But still, there are, so we have been thinking, we have been thinking about it. We are aware of, of this responsibility. And now that we have this sort of drones uh, that is AI driven and makes its own decisions, um, decisions that literally kill people mm -hmm. <laughs> in, for example, a military context, uh, there is still nothing on a global scale. So I hope when all of these uh, 350 really big brains all over the, all over the planet uh, sign the statement on AI risk, I, I hope that with the type of um, AI that can make humanity extinct. I hope they think of this one as a priority. For me, that is super, super important. Yeah. Just like nuclear arms are forbidden on a global level, chemical warfare is also forbidden on, a, on an almost global level, yeah. although some important countries like China and Turkey and Russia did China. sign. Oh my God. Yeah, one euro. Wow. Yeah. You got me there. Finally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was completely unaware that that word was one of our three words that, you know, puts one euro in the proverbial yeah. swear jar. Good for you. And um, anyway, now I, com I completely missed my train of thought. It goes, choo-choo, oh, <laughs> it goes. No, no, number one, evil AI. When, so when people say AI could be evil and should be banned, mm. I hope that they think of number one priority, the AI that helps weaponize drones, so flying robots with guns, make decisions about uh, who to shoot. Because the articles that Business Insider and, um, and Vice refer to is actually a blog post uh, written on a website called aerocity.com by two of their editors, Tim Robinson and Stephen uh, Bridgewater. And uh, would they, of course, they, have been, they haven't been quoted correctly. Uh, what they actually do is they wrote a blog post, a report of a conference uh, 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 by the Royal Aeronautical Society. Uh, it was called the Future Combat Air and Space Capabilities Summit. And uh, so they were quoted as, you know, it was, of course, it never happened. Okay, there, yeah. was, there was no such simulation and no humans were harmed. Mm. It was, of course, a, a hypothetical situation. How would you train this type of drone? I think they already exist, by the way. I know that Turkey, for example, already has, um, you know, uh, weaponized drones, yeah. and China has them too. Um, they're called autonomous because what they want to happen is that you give them... I just keep thinking of that picture of uh, Erdogan shaking hands with Putin. And that's what I think of when I describe this uh, this this Russian drone because I hope they didn't agree in, on a sales deal there. Uh, why is it autonomous? Because they do not once it's launched, and its task is, for example, to kill someone called Zelensky. Mm -hmm. Hypothetically speaking, 
that it cannot be sought by anyone, not by a hacker, not by a higher force, not by any human. Nothing can stop it until it literally kills the target, Zelensky. Yeah. And it makes its own decisions. And, and that's interesting because, of course, um, there will be counterattacks by defense systems. I know that the state of Israel is really good at this type of defense systems against any incoming you know, missile, including probably also weaponized drones. Yeah. Um, so it, it's able to make decisions to detour and to, for example, but the, the thing is that um, how does it, how is it able to make autonomous decisions based on its input? I think because of AI. And what I think is when you launch such a thing, it's launched by a state versus another state. So I mm. imagine that there's like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 kilometers in between the launch location and then where it lands. Um, I keep remembering the the video of five six years ago. Yeah, where I the know which plane, one. The yeah, plane, slaughterbots. Yeah, it's called slaughterbots. Dro- drops the the small, the small dro- ones. Small yes. drones. And yes, like exactly. So I wrote another blog post referring to that. That was made in two thousand seventeen. Yeah, by the Institute of Future Technology, and that may ring a bell. Mm. They are the ones behind the let's pause. Ah, AI uh, for six months. And they are also the basis. This organization is also the basis uh, for OpenAI. So actually already in 2017, this was their focus. And then I kind of, you know, it kind of went, I don't know, they lost their way and they started focusing on generative AI, which I think should not be a priority of a global legislation to make sure that AI uh, doesn't turn evil Mm. and and kills off uh, humanity. Uh, so number one, definitely autonomous weaponized drones, which I think already exist. Currently, nothing stops you from buying one. And Atlas is one. also a droid using in warfare, no? Atlas is. Yeah. They were originally uh, from Boston Dynamics, yeah. right? So they were originally, I think, their main customers, the first customers were the military, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but they were more used to um, augment Uh, The existing ground force, for example, so they can carry heavy weaponry that that humans, uh, the infantry, can't carry. Um, Number two evil, I think, is AI that makes decisions not to kill someone, uh, but makes decisions that have a negative impact on people's lives. For example, uh, the type of AI that that was used by the Danish and, and, and Dutch government to decide who gets welfare and who gets kicked out of welfare. Which exists, by the way, it's not science fiction. And then I think in the third place, still, it's maybe, yeah, you could consider it as generative AI, but not as we as we use it, um, is the deepfake technology because that can be used for evil purposes. You can very easily now create fake news, uh, a fake news flash that someone famous died, which already happened, by the way. Um, so sometimes it can be any type of deepfake technology is, uh, I think, uh, should be punished. Mm. Um uh, if it leads to, uh, I don't know, violence in the street or people getting, if it leads to negative effects in the outside world. But still no language models in my list. So this should stop, I think, pointing at language models. Language is a very important interface yeah. for humans uh, to interact with data and, and with AI managing all of these data. And I'm a big fan of language models because initially with Alan Turing in 1950, when he started thinking about artificial intelligence um, although he didn't use that term, um, he's, he, he was already thinking about how, how will humans interact with AI, and he was thinking of language, chatting with it. Yeah. So it should definitely not be stopped. So I, I get a little worked up about this, but please leave generative AI alone. Uh, yeah. Focus on, on the weaponized ones, the ones that can actually literally kill people or, or just ruin their life uh, completely yeah. by making decisions they're not supposed to make. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just had to get that off my chest. Uh, so these should get uh, priority. Anyway, um, so uh, now that we have that you know, off, off the table, let's, let's have a look at some uh, fresh AI. Um, fresh AI. Oh, yeah. You were, when I came in, um, you were very enthusiastic about Adobe's uh, new Photoshop feature. It's called Generative Fill. And it's uh, based on Adobe's own generative text-to-image technology. So it's not based on Midjourney or Stable Diffusion or or Dolly. 
It's uh, based on their own imagery generator called Firefly. Yeah. So what what is uh, what does this new feature of? I think it's only available in the Photoshop desktop app, be, be and that. it's still very much in beta, right? Yeah. yeah what yeah. does it do? Yeah, it completes your picture, for example. So if you have like. Uh, cropped like this mm -hmm. i tagged you in memes there were some memes where yeah. the everything can be filled out so you can understand what is happening so the girl with um the distracted boyfriend oh no swinging on the with the the fire let's, in the back let's have a look oh yeah the girl watching the the house burn down yeah and smiling wait um uh, I, I there were many viral tweets summing them up but i found an article on on some random site but it had a particularly nice uh, collection uh, so there's um, there were three things. So memes, where the background was auto-completed, al album covers, and we're now looking at one, yeah. uh, a particularly good example. So what we're looking at is... This is amazing, you know? It's amazing, yeah. So what we're looking at is uh, Nirvana's uh, famous cover for Nevermind with that uh, naked baby swimming just below the, the, the water surface uh, and, and trying to catch a dollar bill, yeah. right? So yeah. that's... Um, yeah, for example... I used like this also because what this week um, one client of mine uh, was opening a new shop in Antwerp mm -hmm. and uh, he called me Tuesday and he needed to be finished on Thursday. Whoops. But yeah, that was crazy. And there were some pictures who were not that complete. So I used it and it's, yeah, I think six, seven hours it saved me. That's crazy. Just and is it high resolution? Is yeah, it? it's high resolution. But, but if you look back at Nirvana's covers, so um, as, uh, we all know that this picture was taken in a swimming pool. Yeah. Um, however, um, in in the version by Adobe's uh, Firefly, it imagines that it's swimming in some sort of a sea, saltwater situation, because as I can see a shark in the background yeah. circling around this juicy little baby. Uh, and there's, uh, you know, the bottom of the sea with some coral. That's uh, very imaginative. There were a couple of memes as well, famous memes. Um, for example, yeah, there's a famous <laughs> picture here of the four Beatles crossing the street near their uh, f uh, studio. And then what I like about this is the, the, the imagination. Uh, because, of course, you see these four be Beatles uh, in a row crossing the street on a zebra crossing, yeah. right? So everybody knows that picture. It's in a street, and then it fantasizes the rest of the trees and the trees. But it recognizes the fact that it's the Beatles. It, uh, be, well, how do I know that? <laughs> because it added a, yellow, a little yellow submarine. submarine. Um, yeah, but wait. parked on the side of the street. What you can do is like you uh, make a selection of the whites, and mm -hmm. you can just generate, and it does things by themselves. But you also can put prompt. Oh. So you can say like uh, yellow submarine, sphere, earth, or something like this. Yeah. And then it made made it like this. Oh, so, so you can do both. Yeah, yeah, you can do both. Let's have a look at a few of the other ones. So there's more album covers. I'm looking for a, uh, a meme. Um, oh, not oh. in this list. So, for example, the uh, distracted boyfriend meme, which I think is, <laughs> is one of the most uh, famous ones. Uh, that's where you can see the rest of the shopping street, for example, and shops and the other shoppers in the street. So what I like about it is, for example, when you find old pictures of your grandparents and uh, specifically pictures that have been handed down or were stuck in a photo album, what I notice that the older the pictures are, the higher the chances that someone has cut away pieces yeah, of that picture. True, yeah. It's very annoying. Uh, sometimes, I don't know why people did that. They cut away the qu corners. Yeah. Uh, they cut away people. Uh, from the picture, uh -huh. uh, yeah. Uh, so you get you have this slightly damaged, incomplete picture. Um, we, we, I think in one of the very first editions, we talked about My Heritage, which is a commercial website um, where you can uh, find out your family tree, uh, yeah. right? So they they also have a new feature called Reimagine. and um, it helps you. So it's an, it's it's in app, which I like. So mm. the Adobe thing is currently only on desktop. Um, the uh, My Heritage uh, feature called Reimagine allows you to scan, fix, and animate old photos. Um, so imagine that you find this old 100-year-old picture, 50-year-old pictures, and it's been worn out. Someone has been carrying it in their wallet, for example, and it's been thumbed over. So it's it's, you know, the corners are gone. There's a lot of creases in there. Uh, maybe the picture quality was not good in the first place. 
Um, and and then with my heritage, you can restore it. That's not the only the only app that does that, but it's in the right context because you want to add pictures of your great grandmother yeah. to your family tree. And I've been told it works really well, and I think it's very smart by my heritage. I have a membership on uh, my heritage. Well, you should you should try it out. It's called Reimagine. So then you have an an augmented, um, an improved picture of, for example, your grand great grandparents getting married. Um, but it's it's uh, you know you can see that it's incomplete. And and then with the Adobe Firefly. I've seen examples of a firefly imagining the complete wedding dress, for example, or other people in the group picture that weren't even there. Yeah. So that's where we enter La La Land, right? So yeah. you, you can have a group picture with not everyone in, in the picture, and then it will just imagine similarly looking people. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, and then someone said, yeah, but then it's no longer the truth. But the picture is never the truth. That's, video is never the truth. It, it's no such thing as no. the truth, I no. think, besides mathematical truth. So as soon as you um, represent it, if you show it in a medium, you write it as a text, journalism is not truth, right? Yeah. It's text, it's a representation, an image. So I like the creativity of it so that you can uh, actually imagine like a whole new family you didn't even know about with weird-looking children with seven fingers. I can hands. say it saved me 10 hours this week. I got a big to-do list, and it was it came in, in handy, yeah. I downloaded the beta on Monday, and uh, by Tuesday it was rocking Photoshop like never before. You know, that's very smart from uh, Photoshop, because contrary to the other um, Majorney and Stable Diffusion, who started their own community on, on Discord channels, for example, f from a very tech-savvy audience, I think. It, 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 the overlap with Reddit and Twitter was mm. really big, which made it help grow and go viral. But now with Photoshop, they tap into a community of literal creativity professionals. Yeah. And and they, they just they just took the bait and then went wild. They ran wild with it. And that's I what I like about I it. I lost my faith in Adobe until you, now. For a while. For a while, yeah. Because to be honest, the generative feel, like um, fantasizing the rest of the background, uh, was actually launched by Dolly, part of OpenAI, in August 2022. I had to look it up, but I remember that Girl with the Pearl Earring mm. by Vermeer, which has somehow become like one of these, these symbol images to get creative around generative AI. Um, so this painting, as you know, is very cropped. It's just, just the head of the girl. And then in August 2020, uh, Dolly had a demo where they, the, the AI had generated like the whole room. Yeah. Uh, where she support, with the lighting was, was great because for Vermeer, as you know, the lighting was really important. Um, so Adobe is not the first one. They took their time to get it right. Yeah. In order to offer a service for a community that actually needed it mm -hmm. to do their job, which is the creative industry, yeah. I think. So that's that's fantastic. Um, so I'm not even a creative, but I, I can see why I like the human creativity using the AI creativity. You see my smile? Yes, you're smiling. I'm really happy this week. Really happy. <laughs> so um, if you're listening, of course, socialrunners.com is a community of creative people. So I expect you all to uh, to mess around with this uh, new feature and yep. then post the results in the comments uh, wherever you are. Um, so Adobe, good job. Uh, NVIDIA, good job. Because mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, if normally, if you ask me if you could go back in time, would you, I would always say no. Because I believe that you mess with the timeline if you do so. Uh, but now for the first time in my entire life, I wanted to I want to go back to 1999 <laughs> when I was 29 years old um, and uh, Nvidia went public. Mm. Damn. You could buy one share of Nvidia in 1999 when they went public for $3 mm. and then they split, you know, they, they split the shares a couple of times. So you let's just say I buy $100 worth of Nvidia shares in 1999. And, and I knew they went public. I was 29. I was fully aware of NVIDIA because NVIDIA is like a big brand in the gaming industry. Yeah. 
uh, ever since the 90s, if you wanted to have a fast graphics card, which you needed for creative work, but also for gaming. Uh, the best one was NVIDIA, it's simple as that. So they have been around for 20, 30 years now. But wow, wow, they've been, they've been, they've been on a roll. They're on fire, man, NVIDIA. And so uh, the stock value went up. If I had bought um, $100 worth of NVIDIA stock in 1999, today they would be worth $1.2 million. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Um, for the short while, when you look at the, the capitalization of the company NVIDIA, they even entered what is called the Trillion Dollar Club. Mm. Uh, uh, and then the, the shares went down a little bit. So, and why is that? Because, so NVIDIA was already very strong in the hardware's uh, field, like the graphics cards, the chips, the, the you know, the, the conductors, but they're also moving into everything software. So they have actually, <laughs> a lot of those AI-driven companies have to be somehow customers of NVIDIA. So they win, they win anyway, they win yeah. anyway. So this week there was a conference somewhere in Taiwan, and uh, so there was a demo of their latest uh, the latest feature. Let me check. Oh yeah, so one of the earliest forms of AI uh, was actually in, in games, the so-called non-player characters, the NPCs. You're a gamer, right? Yeah, you know what NPCs are? So sometimes, yeah, mm -hmm. I know what NPCs are. So, so you encounter usually enemies or, or helpers along the way, and, and uh, they are characters, but you can't control them. So yeah. you can interact with them, you can chat with them, and they have like, a, you know, you can talk with them. Usually the very primitive versions, uh, you could choose only one of three answers. Yeah, it's I, annoying. With I played Harry Potter, the yeah. Hogwarts Legacy. It still has that. Oh my God, it's like uh, pressing X, 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 X. But the thing about AI-driven, NPCs, which have been around since the late 90s, so that was AI before it was cool, uh, they would remember uh, how you behaved just before they killed you. <laughs> so whenever you get, let's just say, a, a simple first-person shooter style game with a non-player character that is an AI, so um, you, you turn around the left corner and then you shot in a particular way, it will know that and that when you respawn, yeah. So you get killed, you respawn, it will, it will wait for you. Yeah. Because it will assume that you will go around the left corner and then shoot in that particular way. So that, that was the AI. Some of them were a little bit more creative, but there were limits to that. So it was clearly, if it was not programmed to chat with you in that particular way, uh, it wouldn't, you couldn't be on its limits. Until NVIDIA uh, came out this week uh, with um, Ace. They call this feature Ace, and you have to see it to believe it. So. The non-player characters now talk and have a life. So we are now in Hiroshi's ramen shop and there's a sad looking uh, guy. He looks like a cook behind the counter and you can walk up, hold tea to speak with him. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're gonna speak with him. Hey Jen, how are you? Unfortunately, not so good. How come? I'm worried about the crime around here. It's gotten bad lately. My ramen shop got caught in the crossfire. Can I help? If you want to do something about this, I have heard rumors that the powerful crime lord Kuman Aoki is causing all sorts of chaos in the city. He may be the root of this violence. I'll talk to him. Where can I find him? I have heard he hangs out in the underground fight clubs on the city's east side. Try there. Okay. Okay. So this is actually any level, um, natural language and, and voice input that you're using. So we're, we're getting used to this, but actually this is, this is amazing uh, what's happening here. So first of all, the character looks very real, realistically, but we are spoiled because of that. We assume that a, a video game looks like that. Yeah. But we, I, I don't think a lot of people realize what just happened uh, this week was, was launched by NVIDIA is that it's like Call Annie, mm. um, but she is a non-playable character 
inside a game that you're playing. So you're not supposed to choose between three chat options and three possible questions that you can ask them. Yep. And so it, it will, of course, have its limits. You cannot ask, uh, should I take a coat? Is it going to rain tomorrow? That's outside the context of, of the environment, of course. Um, but as you notice uh, in the demo, you talk naturally to the character right. and it talks naturally back. It's crazy. And that's just, that blew my mind. Yeah. That blew my mind. And what is crazy is that three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was start working on a project like this mm. for the Blockchain Valley. Yeah. And this is coming to life now. I'm so excited. So excited. But wow. NVIDIA now has put the bar really high yeah. in, in terms of how realistic it is for the gamer. Uh, just imagine that everyone is now waiting um, on uh, Apple's uh, keynote next week where they are expected to launch uh, some sort of a headset for mixed reality. I imagine yeah. Yeah. Imagine interacting with a non-playable character of, of the NVIDIA level in a virtual environment where you're completely immersed in the game. That's the closest to the Star Trek holodeck that I've ever seen. I bought stocks now. I thought... They were at their highest, and that's that's you. No, Apple. No, oh, Apple. Apple stock. Because I wanted to bought, uh, buy stocks three weeks ago for from NVIDIA. And you didn't? And now you feel <gasps> sorry for yourself? Yeah. And now I thought, okay, Let's if do it. Apple is going to release something crazy next week. Mm -hmm. But the downside of Apple is that, uh, contrary to, for example, Microsoft, they don't have this link with gaming. No. They could have... They, they had, you know, the, the fast processor, high screen quality, um, but they, they've never had this entry into the gaming community nope. the way that Microsoft yeah. has, you know, nudged its way into the gaming community over the years, uh, the way Sony and PlayStation have, uh, the way NVIDIA has. Um, so... Yeah, there's one thing I'm mm, thinking about what Apple's going to do with the price of this headset. Oh, because, because Meta, yeah. Because if they would sell it for the price they need to pay for the manufacturing and then you can earn some money with the app store you know yeah because if you're going to price it price it too high mm -hmm. then the developers wouldn't make any games for this um, device yeah. so it's mm, well, what are they going to do what are I they going to do no i think they will get away with asking a premium price but i know what you mean because meta now all of a sudden has a, have announced their headset um, for ridiculously low uh, price. Four ninety nine, Something like that. Yeah. And But Apple is already in the premium market, so they or they can already afford to ask, to have people pay 1,400 euros for no. a phone. They, yeah, but they want to ask two to 3,000 euros They will for still the get away with it because it's Apple and it's associated with premium. And then secondly, they don't have the gaming community, but they have the developer community. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, so th they... I, if if I if I were Apple, I know that of course I'm not Apple, but if I I know this is a a passion project for Tim Cook. He he hasn't had a passion project so far. He was very laid back as a CEO uh, because he didn't want to be compared to Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs had passion project like iPhone and, and iPod, um, iPad. So that was they clear they, they had this clear Steve Jobs influence. Yeah, um, but. So far, Tim Cook has stayed away from the actual product development process and focused on other things. Um, but now for the first time, this is a project that is really, you know, close to his heart, is very important to him. And um, let's just make a bet. What if Apple partners with a company that does have this link with the gaming community, for example, Sony or NVIDIA? Wow. Yeah. It would make sense. NVIDIA would make sense. But NVIDIA now is just as powerful as Apple. They both have like billions of dollars. And I don't even know. They, c they can never spend all of that money. Maybe Sony is more interesting yeah. to them. Uh, but it's it's one of these two, I think. Would make sense. Uh, Apple has the developers. Uh, Sony has. Windows in invest in Snapdragon. And that's. Yeah, but they, they had the Xbox. I mean, they. they they have Minecraft, so. But that, that's why I think they don't will use Nvidia. So maybe that's an opportunity for Apple. What is the link between Microsoft and Nvidia? 
No, Snapdragon. Oh, they Snapdragon. invest in Snapdragon. And Snapdragon is the chip that is used in the Meta Quest, for example. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, everyone is trying to, so the, the semiconductors, the chips uh, are crucial in everything that we do, even even electric cars. And they're getting more and more rare. I mean, there's only, that's. it's not the type of project, the product that you can just 3D print out of, you know, no. sand. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's a very complex um, um, production process and only a couple of companies like in the Netherlands, there's one, there's in Taiwan, there's one famous one. Uh, are able to make these. And I know that Apple has been trying to find a way to be less dependent on, for example, Chinese manufacturers mm. uh, because they, they can see the storm coming. And uh, uh, so maybe they're trying to solve their semiconductor hardware problem by partnering that, with NVIDIA. Why and not? that's why they also make their own silicon as well. Did the they one. actually? I know that was a plan, but have they yeah, yeah. made their own? Yeah, yeah. The, okay. M2 and the, the M1 and the M2 chip is... Uh, Silicon Valley based. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, these are very interesting. To, let me have a look. Ooh, um, I just, um, yeah, I have to make decisions here. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to talk about the Turing test uh, okay. for a while. I, even though it's ancient, like I said, 1950. Um, and the idea was, can computers think? And um, I'm, I'm obsessed with, with the idea that someone not just someone, Alan Turing, saw chatting as the main interface uh, for AI because Turing tests are still being used, literally, to test, um, to test language models. And uh, so there's a, a lab called AI21, AI21 Labs, uh, and they use the literal Turing test uh, to test uh, their AI, and these are the results just came in. Um, so in, in a recent Turing test, people were able, so just quick recap, a Turing test, so a, an AI passes the Turing test if the human that talks to it uh, doesn't notice that it's talking, that he's talking to an AI. It, that, that if you're calling Annie and you think Annie is a real person, then Annie passes the Turing test. That's okay. the Turing test. So this test was done uh, a month ago, and the humans were, people were able to correctly identify a human 73% of the time. Yeah, uh, but only in 60% of the time they uh, they knew that they were talking to a bot. That means that the bots are getting better. Yeah. Uh, and the humans are getting worse at seeing the difference. Uh, to me, that's not like the next, like the first step towards human extinction. Uh, to me, that's actually good news. It means that um, AIs, that humans are getting better at interfacing with AI using language. I'm a big fan of language because I think language defines the world around us. We define the world around us by naming things and we communicate with each other using language, body language, but language like alphabet, words, sentences as a whole. And, uh, and I'm, that's the part, the generative AI is, you know, creative. And I like the creativity, but what fascinates me most is the language that humans will develop to talk to AI. Yeah. Literal language. And, and it will be different than English or Mandarin Chinese. Um, I'm really excited about AI. I, I cannot cope why people are so scary about it. I don't, I don't mind I think if I know. Yeah. someone is There's smarter that, than me. That was... Um, so on, on, on Twitter, there were a number of uh, very outspoken, like Andrew Ng and a few other really big AI brains. Um, I think people need um, an enemy uh, that they all can agree on to explain the fact that they have this unease in their lives. So I don't know about you, but I don't understand a single thing about the chaos in the outside world. And sometimes I, it worries me, you know, um, you know, threat of nuclear war, uh, polarization in politics. Uh, in Belgium, as you know, there's been this whole discussion um, about uh, uh, a hazing, uh, an incident during a hazing uh, ritual at a uni university in Belgium. And then uh, um, it, it is actually, when you look at what happened, it's literally the script of a, of a cliche horror movie yeah. because it's, it's the black guy that died, yeah. incidentally. So obviously um, they, uh, they, uh, they were charged and they were accused, the people who did this, and there's a group of them, um, were charged and now they were convicted. 
uh, to some community service and uh, and a 400 euro fine. Which Crazy. Is, yeah. <laughs> and then there is one influencer who exposed those yeah, people. His name is Asset on YouTube. He's one of the biggest influencers on YouTube in, in, in Belgium. And he will be punished. Yeah, well, he. So the funny thing about the the whole trial was that um, they were minors. I think they were already eighteen eighteen years yeah. and, and older because they were university students or college students. I'm not sure. I think no, it, yeah, nineteen twenty. Um, but they were not named during the process, so they were using their nicknames in in the fraternity. Yeah. Uh, like one of them was they had ridiculous uh, names in the fraternity, but after they were convicted. They were convicted. Um, the main mainstream media in Belgium kept using their nicknames, so they still wouldn't name the ones who were convicted for the crime, which was ridiculous because once you were convicted, you lose the right to anonymity. Um, and they were not minors, so there's literally no reason. Uh, the names were circulating. You couldn't avoid them. You really, no matter what social medium you were on in Belgium, you came, whether you wanted it or not, you came across a list of the first names and last names of the yeah. guys who were convicted, plus um, the, what their parents did. And that, that was the whole point, because their parents, um, they came from money. Let's put it that way. Uh, they, weren't, they weren't like, you know, old money. No, um, restaurant holders, political. Dentists, yeah. uh, their parents were, but they came from money. So obviously this triggered a lot of people. Uh, and uh, uh, and then so Asset, um, uh, fairly young, but he's been he's been uh, on YouTube for at least ten years. I think he started yeah. when he started was like ten years old or <laughs> something. So he's, he's still going. He has a large community, and then he literally named uh, a couple of these guys, and now he's getting sued. Um, although I think I, I'm, I'm, we should have Wim here uh, because is it illegal to name people who were convicted? Um, the, the, I think the mistake he made is that he also named two guys who were involved but not convicted. Mm. So he'll probably get sued for that, for those two names yeah. um, that were part of the incident but not part of the trial. And uh, so he, he named them too. Anyway, um, I had to explain to a couple of people this week um, because Asset was all over mainstream media now and he's very, you know, he's very brazen about it. Uh, of course... Um, he got his video got removed by YouTube, and he can't post any YouTube videos for the rest of the week. So he got punished by YouTube, um, which fuels, uh, which is fuel onto the fire of this conspiracy theory that this rich elite uh, somehow yeah, has its tentacles not only in the justice system in Belgium but also all the way up to Google, which is not true. I think just a lot of people marked the the YouTube video. Uh, I think two or three hundred thousand people saw the video. So if only 1% decided to take action and flag it to YouTube, uh, YouTube, you know, that, that there's a literal bell ringing, I think, uh, that automatically. Anyway, uh, what I had to explain to people is that online communities behave differently than mainstream media. Mm. Uh, they have other norms. And uh, if, if I think, I'm, I'm not saying that Assets community is similar to Anonymous, but I think you can draw parallels to having their own rules and their own ways of thinking about what is justice and, and what is truth. Uh, so since there's an army of asset followers that are very, very uh, familiar with how you can go make something go viral online and the creativity that you can use to punish because now they want to punish asset their asset has been punished and now they want revenge and they want to punish you know these um the the, the ones that were involved in the hazing incident and their parents so just like anonymous would do they go online and they will post negative reviews uh, to the restaurant for example mm. of one of the parents of one of the guys who got convicted i read the reviews by the way they're very creative <laughs> that you're not supposed to do that i mean the restaurant can help it, uh, but one of the, um, yeah, I, I can't repeat. It's yeah. very nasty, but they get very creative in giving it one-star reviews, which, and that's vigilante, right? So they, just like Anonymous, if they decide that Scientology is evil, they will start some sort of a vigilante action, and there's many of them. Hmm. That's the whole thing. It's not just, you know, some YouTuber. It's one of the biggest YouTubers in Belgium. But I love transparency. I'm happy because of transparency. 
Yeah. So. But he made a tiny mistake. He he doxed, which yeah. is basically doxing. Doxing is 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 punishable. Um, if you put public private information, you're actually uh, um, going against privacy rules, and you can get punished for that. And although criminals lose their right to privacy and can be named. Uh, these two that were not convicted, mm. uh, they were, technically speaking, doxxed uh, by Asset. And of course, he hasn't called out to go punish these people, but that's the conclusion that his, his community drew after Asset got punished by YouTube. But he has also a lot of money, so he can afford it. Does he though? I don't know. Yeah, it's um, a lot, big community. Really yeah. big community. Well, this uh, to be continued. I just wanted to talk about this because this is going to influence the elections next year in, mm. in Belgium. So you can already see a number of politicians trying out um, what stance they can take uh, in, in, for example, uh, TikTok on TikTok. Because Asit moved to TikTok, right? So he yeah. got he got kicked off YouTube for a week. He got put in the corner, and he's the deuce now. Uh, but he just simply moved uh, to TikTok. <laughs> And um, whoever wants to shut Acid up or punish him for doxing to people who were not convicted, uh, that will be very tough because whatever organization you're in, um, even the federal police, I doubt if the federal police already has these communication channels with Pythons hmm. the way they do with Meta and Google. Hmm. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't no. think so. TikTok so. is for the youth, you know? Like I, Yeah, just like yeah. just like f when Facebook started, uh the only presence they had in Belgium at first was a sales presence. So th these are people that cannot even react to this kind of takedowns and so this is going to be interesting. Yeah. So uh yeah, I, I it's an important topic I think and uh it's interesting. Uh, people tell me why don't you take a stance? But I see these two camps. Uh in the first camp are the people who were um, they're sometimes called like the good mansion. Uh, that there's, there's a lot of, um, um, oh, there's a word for that. If, if you just want to show that you're a good person, that think uh, it was a scandal, that uh, it was a racist act, and then they want to appear to be a better citizen by condemning what these, uh, these students did in the hazing incident. Um, and uh, value, virtue signaling. It's called mm. virtue signaling. So you you actually appear you you post a lot of things on social media and you say that you're it's a scandal i'm upset and this is a shame and the justice system is corrupt and the rich elite why are so many people uh saying this in social media and in the comments and in the newspapers they want to signal that they are virtuous so that they are not racist and their mm. children would yeah. never go this far in a hazing incident which I think is bullshit because we all know which uh, which parties will win the elections next year, and there's, uh, incidentally the recent ones. So this is one camp, and why do they why do these people do this? Because they want to belong to a group. Um, it it creates a sense of belonging finally to mm. a to a club of people who don't have rich parents, who don't have any power in the justice system. Uh, but now they have power because social media acts as a megaphone. So that's one camp. And then there's the asset camp, a completely different group, but also very with a lot of power, uh, but more knowledge of how you can make things go viral, yeah. uh, more knowledge of how you can be find creative ways to punish people online by doxing them, for example, by posting one-star reviews. And there's a lot more coming, I think. Um, and and they're, they're, they, they hardly overlap, I think. doesn't... And these two camps, they will get going whatever it takes. They just got started and they will keep going because whatever action they take, even if they take criminal actions, it will enforce the cohesion within that group, the asset group and then the virtue signalers group. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's why I don't want to take a stance on, on either of those camps because I, I, whatever I say, it will not stop them. No. no. They will just keep going. It's just a fire. This is a dumpster fire, and it's very hard yeah. uh, to put out now. So yeah, um, I just feel bad for. So the the student that got killed's name is Sandadia. I feel bad for his parents because they just don't get a chance to mourn, mm. uh, to mourn the death of their son. Mm. Um, and uh, because that's the worst thing that can happen to you as a parent is that your children die before you. 
and that just happened, you know, to, uh, I mean, my kids are that age. Um, so that's the core of the whole thing. And that just cannot happen. These people do not get, like, the, they cannot do it in a serene way now to no. just mourn the death of yep. their uh, um, talented son. Anyway, I oh, there goes uh, the mood of today. Um, let's, just, let's just watch something crazy, something of the level of uh, Will Smith eating meatballs. I found another one. So we had a few ones already, like eating a pizza and uh, and having beer at a barbecue and Will Smith eating, eating meatballs or eating spaghetti. Now there is one, and you don't need the audio, I think, yeah. There's one, um, dogs playing uh, in the field. Um, I have no idea what the prompt uh, was, and it starts all very well with cute little puppies, like yawning and interacting, and then it quickly goes downhill <laughs> into hellish hellish dog-like creatures um, that seem to morph when you look at them. There's a dog attached to a, a car. And then the worst one, I think, is where oh. the, the human handler turns into the dog. Um, and and the, the, there's a very thin line in this video between uh, zombies, human zombies. And then I think when you think of, you know, there's a whole pack of wild dogs now in Chernobyl. <laughs> and and they appear to be thriving but genetically they are already different uh, from uh, yeah. they used to be pets you know by the people who worked and lived in Chernobyl uh, they're already the Chernobyl dogs are a thing and they're already genetically different and I have a funny feeling that this is these are the ones they're hiding from us David Attenberg will have a yeah new, David uh, Attenborough <laughs> bless his heart you should have a good look at them but they are yeah it's you think this is the worst one and then another one appears <laughs> uh, with things growing out of its head and and the teeth are the worst I think the uh -huh. teeth are the worst and now we're back to puppy wow. so the last frame is a uh, is a bunch of um, Labrador puppies and I think that's the cal the palate cleanser that you need <laughs> to get the bad taste out of your, out of your mouth. So the video is called um, Gen 2, um, AI-generated video with, uh, with dogs. And it's, I tried to describe it, but it's, you have to see it. It's, in, uh, it's embedded in my newsletter, clovelarts.substack.com. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, more weird shit, right? Because that's what we are really here for. Um, so um, I want to talk about a CAPTCHA concept called Yoko. And uh, yeah, that's the one. So um, what is CAPTCHA? Um, we all know CAPTCHA, I think, but it's basically where you have to prove to a robot that you're a human. <laughs> so it's, it's like a perverted version uh, of the Turing test. Uh, so the AI doesn't have to prove that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not an AI trying to be a human. It's a human that has to prove to an AI that it's a human, yeah. not a robot, right? So that's a CAPTCHA. And it's being used for security reasons. So as you know, you can write a little script that tries out different password combinations whenever you're supposed to log in somewhere. So CAPTCHA is being used. Um, usually it's showing you a grid of images, like nine images in a grid. And then you have to, uh, you have to click on the ones that contain a bridge mm. or a boat. What we're, of course, doing there, humans, us humans, by doing this is training an <laughs> training yeah, yeah. AI <laughs> that is going to be used for self-driving uh, vehicles. Yeah. That's why it's always traffic situations. Okay. Yes. I, I, there's no proof of that, but it's, it's, yeah. it can be a coincidence that it's usually um, a, a traffic situation without humans mm. in the street. So it's always empty streets, no humans, just cars and bridges and traffic lights and, yeah. and crossings, stuff like that. So I think it's, it's going to be used as, as uh, an input for self-driving vehicles. And there, um, there are sensors like the LiDAR, um, sort of, you know, the type of radar that cars are using to make decisions in a split second about whether to go, you know, to go to a full stop without asking the humans first. Anyway, yeah. so that's CAPTCHA. Now, Discord, uh, Discord, um, the beloved community um, also has a CAPTCHA to weed out the scripts and the bots from the humans. And uh, it, it, had, uh, it doesn't use bridges or traffic situations in empty landscapes. Um, it uses something entirely different, and I'm not sure how I should describe it. it it's, they, it's being called a Yoko. 
Yoko written like Yoko Ono, you know, yeah. the John Lennon's wife. Uh, and I know that Yoko Ono, she's still alive. She's weird, right? She's, mm. she's weird. Mm. She's an artist, an artist. I saw the documentary on uh, Disney Plus oh, where did? they, uh, behind the scenes of their tour in England. Yeah. And she was all the time so quiet, so... Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, well... I have a funny feeling that this uh, this thing I, I have no way to describe it. So the the captcha in Discord uh, will ask you please click each image containing a yoko, but then it doesn't explain what a yoko is. <laughs> um, it just gives you one one example of a yoko, and a yoko looks something like a cross between a snail, an eye, and a marble. Yeah. Yeah. Is a, or a planet, or I don't know, or this particular type of sweet. What are they called? They're, they're like ah, rock yeah. hearts. Uh, rainbow, no. They're, they're rock hearts and they're like, um, yeah, marble shaped, yeah. pretty big. Um, and lick on it till you're bleeding. Yes, and then you have to lick it, and there's different layers in yeah. it, and some of them are very spicy. Anyway. Um, so that's a Yoko. Now we know. Um, so next time you are on Discord and you have to prove that you're a human and not a bot, remember uh, what a Yoko really looks like. But also this a robot. Now these days they can. Yeah, it's AI generated. So if if your script, if an AI is trying to prove that it's a human, yeah, and Yoko is an AI invented concept, it might be the most useless capture. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's, uh, yeah, that almost breaks my brain. <laughs> Yoko, the Yoko breaks my brain. Okay. Uh, okay, what else weird shit do we have? Um, oh, no, just uh, just something, um, two, two useful, one amusing site and then a useful one. The amusing one is timeguesser.com. And uh, timeguesser is spelled weird as um, time, G-U-E-S-S-R. Dot com. Um, so, the, you know, the URL US, kind yeah. of ate away one of the E's, timeguesser.com. And um, timeguesser will randomly, uh, when you decide to play it, it's a browser play. It will show you a picture and it doesn't ask you, is this AI generated or not? Because my initial reaction was, this is AI generated, right? But it's a genuine black and white picture. And you have to guess uh, two things. First of all, where was this taken? I would say Vietnam. Yeah. Some t somewhere in, in that capital of Vietnam. Uh, I haven't watched uh, enough. Uh, but is it AI generated? No. Oh, okay. No, they're genuine pictures. But that's yeah. typical, you know. Yeah, I can I can feel I can feel. Yeah, I feel I'm it. always looking at the the text. Yeah, you get suspicious. Uh, the text is is you can AI generative AI is still very bad at text. Yeah, it gives, it's getting it's, better at fingers. Yeah. Still very bad at text. So the text is, and that's how you know it's a general black and white picture taken. So, so you have to do two things. First, you have to guess what the year was this picture was taken. Um, mm. I would say in the middle of the Vietnam War because that's when a lot yeah. of photographers were there. So let's just, uh, and then you have to um, um, sign on a map. You have to decide where in the world this picture was taken. And then the game will tell you um, how wrong you were. <laughs> <laughs> now, first of all, I have no idea where Vietnam is. It's somewhere Southeast Asia, but I'm not sure. Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. It's a peninsula, I think. Yeah, somewhere one of these. Philippines. We have Thailand, Vietnam. Yes. Oh, yeah, there uh -huh. we are, the dongle. If if it were like a male, yeah, uh, yeah, there yeah. we are. Yeah, that's. Okay. Uh, let's see if we if you guessed right. Um, we weren't that far away. Your guess was 277 kilometers away because yeah yeah you were it was an honest mistake and you were um 1966 and you were 24 yeah. years <laughs> off what does this mean uh i um put in uh, 1942 no the vietnam war <laughs> vietnam war yeah um it's friday cool it's yeah friday. i liked <laughs> it um and uh it, it's fascinating how we have been influenced so much by deepfakes and generative AI that we get suspicious of every new picture mm -hmm. that we see. But these are real ones. Okay. And uh, the very last one um, is a, actually a usual, a, a useful website called Favori. Uh, Favori with two E's, F-A-V-O-R-E-E.io. -E um, and it's called the Rotten Tomatoes of mm. YouTube. 
So YouTube has a number of, you know, the an algorithm that shows you the most popular trending ones in your country, for example. Uh, for me, that really sucks. Uh, because a lot of them are music videos, uh, and a lot of them are French-speaking, uh, yeah. so not very relevant. So Fivery is actually based on a browser plugin, and uh, um, it's it's a little bit of a black box, but it has rankings of uh, the most popular YouTube channels in particular countries, which is a a, a question that is very hard if you want to ask YouTube. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Favory kind of solves it. Now, the the reason that I'm mentioning it is that it currently doesn't have enough users. So mm -hmm. I kind of like uh, what comes popping up. So mm -hmm. right now it's a very limited community and it clearly needs to grow. Um, but I actually came across a number of uh, YouTube channels that I didn't know uh, before. Um, so I I kind of uh, um, I liked it. Uh, now that I look at it, it's been taken over by fans by uh, of a YouTube channel called Summoning Salt. Um, so yeah, it's 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 most popular. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's it's a different way of looking at YouTube videos that actually are very uh, popular yeah. within particular very specific uh, uh, YouTube channels. So. Favory.io, if you just want to have a different look at uh, popular YouTube channels. Okay. And that is all we have time for today. Um, shout out to you who is listening to us on Twitter Spaces. And uh, for the rest of us who are listening on your favorite podcast channels, don't forget to subscribe. Shout out to the Hardcore on the Facebook page, socialrunners.com Facebook page, and the Chaos and Amazement YouTube channel. Thank you very much for watching and we see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.